any job that you do, like if you have the skill to figure things out and feel like you're empowered to just contribute to the entire process, you excel a lot faster in what you do. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So today we are going to be talking with Adam Boris, um, who is the co-founder of Wild Tiger Teas and the host of People Helping People podcast. And I am super, super excited to have Adam join us today on this episode of Learning Unboxed. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about how you help and catalyze youth in a very complicated and complex world. So Adam, thank you for joining us. Great. Thank you. So well, the last time we spoke, we, we talked about just a little bit about the, the variety of opportunities and the programs that you're using between Wild Tiger Teas and the work that you do locally with Give Back Hack, with Sea Change, and the, the broader community tied to a lot of social ventures and entrepreneurship, especially with really students um, or teens in very difficult situations. I know you do a lot of work directly through the Star House. So why don't we start with you sort of talking about sort of how you came to the the space that you occupy um, in this world, so to speak. And then we're going to dig into some of the details of those program pieces. So tell us a little bit about Adam. Yeah, a lot of this work started just from my own desire to find a career where I'd make a social impact. And I thought about it for like 10 years and I, I got nowhere. <laughs> so I uh, realized I'd gotten nowhere and I decided to start a podcast so I could speak to people who were doing interesting things that were making an impact. And that's how the People Helping People podcast got started. Well, I did that. One of the people I interviewed was the CEO of the Star House and Bishop. And the Star House is just this fantastic drop-in center for youth who are experiencing homelessness. They see over a thousand youth come through the doors every year. And just a real need here in Columbus for providing services that are relevant for them. So in addition to access to food and clothing and showers, you know, they have counseling and uh, mentorship. And one of the things that I discovered when I was talking to Anne was that they wanted to start a work program mm-hmm. to really help these mm-hmm. youth develop the skills that they need to succeed. And something about this story really struck me, you know, that it's, it's not just going out and finding a job. They have to find transportation and housing and um, all the pieces that kind of go along with that. It sat in the back of my mind. And a few months later, I found myself going to a, a Give Back Hack kind of weekend <laughs> event. And they're, they're a fantastic launch pad for mm-hmm. social enterprises where you come in on Friday night and you pitch ideas of uh, social enterprises you want to start. And very quickly and kind of organically, they find the top 10 ideas mm-hmm. on foreign teams. And then you have a weekend to kind of flush things out. And so I pitched what became uh, Wild Tiger Tees. Uh, five of us, actually over the weekend, we had a team of about 13 uh, people working on this idea, and we walked away with five co-founders saying, "Yeah, let's get this off the ground." Um, I had no idea. I I did not realize that uh, 
that Wild Tiger Tees came out of Give Back Hack. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I it love a, that. It was a great experience too. Just that rush of people coming together. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think so often we, you know, we have these dreams of starting something, but it's so overwhelming because mm-hmm. we know we don't know enough. But just being in this environment where it's like, okay, I don't need to know everything. And here's what I have to offer. And I'm, you know, I'm curious and I'm ready to dive in. And you find other people like that with other mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. that you can really accomplish quite a lot. It's amazing. And what's part of what makes it so really, really awing, I guess, is the fact that it's so organic, right? You, you, you have this idea, people come together, they add to your idea, they take away from from the idea, uh, they give something back in return, and you end up in a place that, for most people who participated in that, it's it's it can be very altering. And so, you walked away from Give Back Hack with Wild Tiger Tees, and so then, so so tell tell our listeners, so what exactly does Wild Tiger Tees do, and then how have you incorporated that directly with the needs of the Star House? So the idea was a work program centered around uh, screen printing t-shirts mm-hmm. where we could go in and teach the youth you know, how to screen print t-shirts, go out and get orders from around the community and print bulk orders. And then we fulfill these orders and they get, they get paid for that work. But while we're working, we're also talking about jobs and teamwork and communication and giving them feedback. So we notice things that happen. Um, so the idea is to really Give them that kind of support that they don't get from the low-wage jobs that they typically find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So quite often they end up working for fast food or in warehouses where it's like you do the work or you get fired. Nobody's really looking after them. And so we wanted to really start having more of a conversation uh, to really understand what they were struggling with and what they wanted to do to see if we could help them on that. And how do how do the participants engage sort of ongoing. I mean, the hope and the work that the Star House does is just amazing for you know, for this very fragile, oftentimes extremely high-risk population for so many different reasons. But how how do how do you manage to take this program, this entrepreneurship opportunity and all the skill building you're doing and plug in with these these students, these participants ongoing within the hope that they actually won't be at the star house long term. So how do you how do you manage all that you're able to teach them and the fact that a lot of your participants are somewhat transient? How do you yeah. do that? We look at, at a couple of things. So there's there's youth that we'll work with on an ongoing basis. We find there's a lot of value in that, like seeing somebody week over week mm-hmm. and being Absolutely. able to continue that conversation. Because we'll record feedback and we'll say, hey, this is where you were last week. And this week, I noticed you did X. And they, they soak up feedback so quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite often, you know, we'll bring somebody on and they're only there for a shift or two shifts. We're not a very big program, so we can only work with three people each week. And there's always a huge demand for it. And when we started, like none of us had ever run a work program before. <laughs> we had never even screen printed t-shirts before. So we kind of, you know... <laughs> Everyone was just kind of diving in and like, let's figure out how this works. Well, um, well why which, t-shirts then though? Well, what, well, if you, none of you knew how to do that, how the heck did you walk out of Give Back Hat <laughs> screen printing t-shirts? Um, I, you know, I, uh, 
I think uh, partly I've always wanted to be an artist and I've never felt good about my art. I thought, hey, <laughs> you know, maybe screen printing t-shirt will, will get me a little bit closer to that. Um, I think I'd already always been interested by t-shirt designs and how you actually make things. Uh-huh. Um, and so I looked for things that you could make. And right. this is one thing that kind of came out. I'm not sure it's the best product to be doing because at times it's very messy and a lot can go wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's really but, not about the product though, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's literally about the skills that you are providing to the students. You're teaching them entrepreneurship. You're teaching them basic business. So what you make almost doesn't really matter, does it? No. And I, I think one thing that we found is that not knowing is is really powerful because we mm-hmm. can bring in the youth to say, hey, you know, we're having a problem. How do we figure this out? And it's not just us trying to figure it out, but right. they, they start realizing that they have that power to to make their suggestions because they see things. They, they're doing this process and, and they say, hey, wait a minute, maybe it's more effective if I try this. And so there's a lot of experimentation. And I think that's a very key component of entrepreneurship or any job that you do. Like if you have the skill to figure things out and feel like you're empowered to just contribute to the entire process, you excel a lot faster in what you do. Mm-hmm. So do you do you ever then with with this program or the things that you've learned through Give Back Hack and the fact that you've participated in Sea Change and some of the other social and entrepreneurship uh, social venture endeavors that have happened locally? I mean, one of the things that I love about every single one of those is the fact that people enter whatever that environment, that program, that experience is, and they leave very different. And and for me, one of the, the things that really resonates with those experiences is the power of what one can learn and how quickly and accelerated one can learn when that's the immersive environment that you're placed in to learn whatever the thing happens to be. And I know that sounds very... Uh, circular, but my my point is, and I you know I I have said this many many times, and I may have even said it to you, but when we last spoke, I don't remember. You know this notion that what would happen if you take you know um, you know um, a hackathon and startup and entrepreneurship and community um, center and healthcare center, and you launch that all together, and you said, hey, this is going to be high school. You toss everything else that we actually think of as school. And especially in this sort of post-COVID sort of world, we've learned so much so fast about what works, what doesn't work, what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing. And on some levels, I feel like the earth itself, right, has given us a giant wake-up call, us a small, tiny little humans that the earth has said, you're on notice, do better. <laughs> Be better, right? And and if we absorb that and say, okay, everything we know, just toss and bring in all the things that we've seen that have worked, that have been powerful, you know, the experience that you have, you know, why can't you go from three kids to 50 kids and imagine what that would be mm. like? But the current structure doesn't allow for that. But what if, what if, you know, you, you could take those experiences and internalize them for others? Yeah, I think... That's super powerful. There, there's this element of curiosity, right? When, when exactly. you're in a situation and you're curious, you, you kind of have this drive to figure things out. And what I found from Get Back Hack and Sea Change and all these programs where you bring people together in the community is that there's a real power in peer support. 
Exactly. Um, and, you know, CEOs do this. They they get together in, in Vistage groups where they're, right. they're kind of peer mentoring each other on talking about the issues that they're facing and and just being able to talk and connect and listen, you know, leads to change and leads to learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you, you know, if you look at the education system today, it's very much like one person is on their own learning to succeed, right? It's not a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. And when you get out into the world, like if you look at a lot of these social enterprises that start, it is all about collaboration, mm-hmm. right? How can people work together and and understand what the issues are, right? And really kind of this validating your idea, which is talking to more people and and realizing that you're not alone. And together, you can really make something much better. So I think there's this whole piece of collaboration, which you know, drives a lot of this entrepreneurship. I think so too. And I think that helping folks understand it's not just smarter, faster, but it has it's smarter, faster, deeper. And if we can get to the deeper component, I think that's where the real social change can come about. And you know, when we talk about workforce and work readiness, and that's the other piece that I love about the um, the work that you're doing because we feel that very deeply at past as well. You know, what is it that we're supposed to be doing? What, what is the outcome we're looking for? Right. And, and in my mind, it's always been that if the outcome is to have a community of participants, students, young adults, you name it, right, entering the world ready to fully be an engaged citizen, how do I get there? Because it's we're not getting there the way we've been doing it. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things I tell everybody that visits here and they're, when they're asking about what's going on at the Innovation Lab itself is, look, this, this is a place that's all... There's, you think there's school happening here, but really what's happening here is emerging workforce. We are literally helping folks be ready to enter the world without the stumble. But we're doing it just like what's happening at Starhouse. And I think the program, you know, that you're leveraging there with support to help you be ready. Exactly. And, and that's a very different ethos. And so how do you, how do you scale that? That is a really good question. I think a lot of it is, is understanding what your own interests are and what you bring to the table. And then having some focus for that where you can come together and, and be part of that. I've always struggled this with this where, you know, I went through the education system and I ended up mm-hmm. with a job which never felt like it quite fit. And over the years, realizing that my own skills are one and in, in figuring things out and kind of exploring. And I, I took the strength finder and one of my strengths was empathy. And, <laughs> and so realizing that some of these pieces weren't part of my day job led me to understand that, hey, I've got to go and seek that out. How do I bring that in? Because one... There, there are aspects of my myself that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And everybody's different. Like they have different things that call out. And I think you need to be in a place where you can bring the skills that you enjoy to the table to grow and develop. But it really helps to have something that's inspiring that you can rally around. Mm-hmm. You know, quite often you look in jobs and then they're not inspiring because you're treated like a employee that doesn't matter. And you get the work done and you earn your paycheck so you can buy things. And there's something that's inherently not inspiring about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you go to an event like Get Back Hack or, you know, through an accelerator like Sea Change, even 
you know, if you tap into like the freelancing community, like people who are out there working for themselves, there's this different energy of, I care about this because this is my life and Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure this out. You know, nobody knows all the answers, but it's like those that are willing to scratch that curiosity and, and figure it out, make something interesting happen. So I, you know, I think one of the big pieces is, is just finding that source of inspiration that says, yeah, you know, this is something I care about and I want, want to participate in. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, in our work over the years with teachers from all over the country and around the world, one of the things that we always say, especially when we watch a teacher or instructor in particular, whether it's formal or informal, whether it's in a school or it's a museum, you know, program, doesn't make any difference. When we see those folks struggling, the place we always go with them, the place we try to take them back is teach your passion. What do you love? It doesn't matter that you are, that you, maybe you're the science teacher, but you know, you love knitting or you love um, soapbox cars, right? More than anything else, right? You can teach whatever your content, that thing is that you're supposed to be doing for your job via your passion. If you just think about where your passion has to do with that and how you sort of draw on that sort of internal self-worth. I think back to your point, lots of folks end up doing things and it's just like, it's just a job. And, and although I suspect we, we can't collectively change that sort of experience or ethos for everybody, we could probably sort of change a lot of the dynamic by helping folks recognize that the thing that you're passionate about is something that you can actually work through and with. Yeah. And even that it's possible to figure out your passion if it's not yeah. delivered to your doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazon doesn't bring, you know, your individualized passion in a box and say, here you go, open this up, right? We have to, we have to, quite frankly, you have to to explore to find it. And mm-hmm. I, I think again, that's the the other beauty of some of those pieces of being able to provide those opportunities. So so what what happens next for wild tiger teas. I mean, I suspect that because of COVID and what's happening in the world, the way you were doing it um, had to pause or at least yep. morph. So so what's next for that program ongoing? Yeah. So one thing that we identified was that we're just a piece of the puzzle, right? So in order to be truly effective, we need to plug into the right programs that can really carry them through. And so one of those is talking to Columbus Works about, hey, can we get you know, the the people that we work with ready to go through your work program mm-hmm. at a larger scale where they have the connections to jobs which are going to be better suited for them, right? Uh, what we found is that there are certain jobs where when an employer is just kind of looking out or understanding of somebody's situation um, and more willing to coach them or, or give them feedback that they're going to be more successful. And so, you know, if we can work with partners that have connections to those companies, mm-hmm. then we're going to be more successful in getting somebody from these temporary fast food jobs that last a couple of weeks to something that's longer and stable, which will in turn help them with stable housing and and change the situation. You know, the, the youth that we work with, it's it's amazing. They're they're such so different from an adult homeless population. Like they mm-hmm. have this hope, these these dreams, like these aspirations. They're just They've been through really tough situations, uh, whether it's abandonment or abuse or, mm-hmm. you know, drugs, like really complicated stuff that, 
you know, they're dealing with the best that they know how, but they still have that kind of spark of, yeah, there's something that they want to do. So I feel like if, if we can give them the right tools that they, they'll use them, they'll, they'll jump on that Mm -hmm. um, and they'll find their way. Yeah. Kids are resilient. That's the thing I think people forget. Right. And I think there's something to be said about that resiliency. And I think you're right. I've seen the same thing over the years that, you know, we, we watch kids who can come from and through a, a million different scenarios and circumstances that, quite frankly, adults would crumble. They would not be able to pick themselves up and move on, much less still have hopes and aspirations. And yet, to your point, we see the same thing. You see that sense of sparkle, that sense of wonder, that sense of curiosity. And I'm not talking about even just the littlest kids, even, even in middle school, high school, and you know, young adults. To your point, they still have that that thing. It's hard to put your your finger on, but but it's it's important, right? Because it does mean, I think, that there is still aspiration. And as long as there is aspiration and there is hope, then we can do and help with some pretty amazing things. So that's fascinating. So so again, so so sort of next piece is then working with Columbus Works and working with others, but the program fully coming back online. That's the plan. Yeah. And we're moving towards that. And we've been doing a lot of work just thinking about how we can really grow our program to make the youth more involved in running the details of it. Um, mm-hmm. So we can expand and provide more opportunities that kind of feed on each other. So, you know, getting youth who are there for a longer period of time to take on more uh, responsibility and training and running the program so that they get that leadership experience and they can kind of grow into that as well. So how do you, as you sort of grow into these next pieces, so, you know, in addition to sort of helping the students figure out where they're going to ultimately find themselves that great job, it, that takes the leveraging of an awful lot of partnerships within the community. And so how, how, are, you, how are you navigating that space? Because Columbus is an awesome place. People ask me all the time, why Columbus? And my response is, why not Columbus, right? Columbus is a pretty amazing community. And, you know, it's it's often not difficult to find partnerships, but you sort of have to wade through and figure out what are the right ones, what's the right fit, what's the right mix. And so how do you think about that when you're trying to figure out how I'm going to scale the, the t-shirt operation into sort of a meaningful next step for others? Because folks yeah. ask me that all the time. How do you navigate the partnership piece? And so, you know, when I have folks that, that are working, that's a question I always want to ask. So how do you figure that out? You know, I, I think uh, one of my favorite entrepreneurship concepts is that of a, your MVP, the minimally viable product, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what's, what's the smallest thing that you can use to test a partnership? Uh, is there a project or, um, you know, can you put one person through a, a program and just get their feedback? And so, you know, I think for us, the next step is really in our program, you know, can we identify certain youth that work as leaders within our work program mm-hmm, exactly. and test that out? Because that's going to that's gonna take our work program forward. And, you know, the Starhouse is working with these youth at many levels, right? So they, they have a roundtable that's helping provide them support where they can get the support from the right person that they need for whatever they're facing. One thing we found from this is that everyone is completely different. They, they come from mm-hmm. tough backgrounds, but 
every every single person has something else that they're struggling with. So there's no one size fits all. It's very much you have to meet everybody where they are. And you know, if you look at kind of the traditional path that people go through, there's a lot of work done on these external skills, developing them so that you're ready, but not a whole lot of work that's being done internally on what's going on on the inside. And right. I think as adults, like, you know, people struggle with that constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're out there in the world and things are messy, but inside you, you don't really know how to navigate or, or develop yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some element of being able to tap into that and figure out. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I think that somewhere along the way, we decided that the developing of skills, external skills, however you want to put that work skills, became paramount to developing human skills, right? And so until I think we we need to flip that back again, right? And and do think about that, you know, we have a set of unique characteristics as humans, and yet we have to be able to develop our humanness. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves in the midst of exactly what we're, we're, we're in right in this moment, right? In our community. And we, we can't fix those things if we don't have empathy or if we don't um, fully understand what it means to sort of view and be the other for all the, the host of different pieces that it has. And so I, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I think that we are confusing the ability to do stuff technologically with the ability to be and create technologically. Mm. Exactly. And I think there, there's something really powerful about that beingness and that create, creativeness. And even just how we connect with each other that is just, it's really satisfying and it enriches our experience. But quite often what you see in the world is valued as more productivity or mm-hmm. fitting into a role and producing X. And and part of that has to do with just capitalism in general. It's like mm-hmm. the system's designed to produce more and to encourage, you know, that consumption and production and consumption and production. And I think so many people feel driven to you know, work harder to earn more money, to buy more stuff that they lose grasp of like why they're doing it or what's really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so stepping back and, and understanding these connections that we share really takes that forward. And that's, you know, I think that's one of my draws towards social entrepreneurship. I used to volunteer a lot and going out and just working with people in the community, you start to realize how how similar you are. Somehow working together just bring so much life and so much character to it. And and there's a lot of really exciting stuff that comes from that. There is that human connection. It cannot be underscored, um, you know, and, and we, we, we miss it when we don't have it. And we, we also, I think probably sometimes even in the moment, don't understand how powerful it is. Um, but with the opportunity to reflect and think about it, um, we, we can help ourselves get there. So uh, there's definitely something to be said for that. So I always try to sort of wrap up the program with sort of asking about the the, the big giant lobs. And I think for, for, for you, for the folks that are listening and thinking about how they could tap into some of the similar experiences that you've been able to leverage and launch in your work with the Star House and other places in the community, sort of what would your, your, your 
best set of recommendations be, you know, to somebody saying, should I do this thing? (laughs) You know, I think one of the first things, uh, especially in the social impact work, is to get out and volunteer. Um, We're very lucky in Columbus. uh, There's so many ways to volunteer. Mm -hmm. You can download the Point app to your phone and it shows you exactly, hey, I could jump on this opportunity here or there. Yep. Um, there's Columbus Gives Back, which, it, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're really great about going out and volunteering in places, but socializing afterwards so that you really form those connections. Or if your company, you know, tapping into like BESA uh, does a really great job of, of organizing volunteering mm-hmm. events. And so mm-hmm. there's so much going on here and just tapping into that and experiencing, hey, here's what's going on in the community. You start to say, hey, I want to help out with this or I want to be part of that. And I think that's, you know, if you don't know where to start, that's sometimes volunteering is the best place because you start to, you can try things out and and figure out what you like and what you don't like. Um, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. And if you're really lucky, it will snowball into, hey, I'm going to do this thing now instead of this thing over here that I just was kind of doing because it was the job to do, right? Yeah. Finding yourself along the way. And there's such a supportive network for right, people absolutely. who are, are social entrepreneurs. Like it's it's really empowering and it's very enheartening to see. It is. It is. Absolutely. Well, Adam, thank you very much. I truly, truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, talk with us on Learning Unboxed. Ah, great. Thank you. It's a topic I love. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, conversation about teaching learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.